You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly and up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. This is Socks in the Basement. 30 minutes of socks for fans, by fans, all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Once again, they are having that installer job fair Saturday, the 26th of February, less than a month away now, 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. in Evergreen Park. Find out what they do, why they do it, and the services they provide. If you're looking to change your career, move from a company that does something similar into their fast-growing family business, or just kind of learn about it and be like, maybe this is something I want to do with my life. They have excellent benefit packages available. No sign-up necessary. Just bring your valid driver's license on February 26th to Family Waterproofing Solutions. Get more details at FamilyDry.com. All right, Ed. There are, there there are not very many things to talk about. <laughs> no, there just really isn't much going on in the world of baseball right now. Yeah, it's not a good idea to start a show by saying, "Hey, hey, listener, you, you there with the, with us on in your car or on your headphones." We got nothing to talk about today, but uh, I don't have nothing. But like, I could fill a half hour talking about how cool Joe Burrow is of the Cincinnati Bengals and how I, how I've kind of adopted oh, yeah. them. Um, I'm sure I could talk enough Bears to, to fill a half hour, but when you're talking White Sox baseball right now, I sit there and I go, well, you know, when's this stupid lockout going to end? And when can we start talking baseball? And, you know, when can I get back to the thing that I love the most, which is just, you know, just following this team day to day and and even, even with fantasy baseball. Like, I, I love doing fantasy sports. Fantasy baseball is my favorite thing. Our dynasty league's been going on for years. You get to keep 40 guys on your roster. The the, the rules are really interesting. Uh, I think we've talked about it before here on the show, but basically you got a 40-man roster. You get to keep 26 up in the majors, 14 down in the minors. You get a limited amount of transactions where you can move guys up before you have to start paying into the pot that gets won at the end of the year. And when a guy hits 30, you can only keep four guys that are 30 or older going into the next season. So it creates something in where you can only keep so many old guys and the rest get thrown back into the free agent pool, which is essentially the draft in which the teams that did terribly get first pick. Like it's not like one of these snake drafts every round, the worst team in the league the year before is going to get the first pick and the best is going to get the last pick of that round. And so you get all these trades in the off season and guys like really get into it. And this time of year, we would be right knee deep in the middle of transactions in that league. I mean, guys would be making trades. We'd be having winter meetings would have been this week for us. We would have had everybody over here at the bar and the whole league would have been standing here drinking and trading with each other for like five, six hours and making fun of each other's transactions and and like trying to interrupt other people's trades. I mean, it's like one of the best days of the year and we can't do it yet. No, I got excited uh, today because my email notifications came through and one, one of the managers in our league randomly dropped a bunch of his over 30 guys yeah, and just did a little culling on his roster. And I saw that I'm like, wait, wait, is that the indication that the CBA got signed? Is baseball <laughs> happening? Because, because we have, we have movement in the fantasy baseball league. And then I started looking and I'm like, wait, maybe I can make trades. And I'm like, ah, this is stupid. I can't make a trade. Right. Why, why would I make a trade? Now I don't know what anything's going to be going on here. So, well, you know that he's doing that because he's bored too. 
just like the rest of us. We're all waiting for baseball. We're trying to create something. We're trying to make something happen right now. I mean, look, I have things to look forward to. We're going to be out at Cork and Kerry in Beverly, 13th of March. That's parade day. Southside Irish Parade comes back after two years off due to the pandemic. I expect it to be absolutely lit. I've had people already reaching out for details. Look, we're not doing anything except hanging out there and recording a show. They don't need us to do very much to get people in that place. That place is the place to be on that day. That is the number one location up and down Western Avenue during the Southside Irish Parade. If you're if you're planning on getting out there, you should start following Cork and Carey. Look up everything at CorkandCarey.com and just kind of pay attention to what's going on so that you can find your way inside of the building during the parade because we're going to be in there and I'm looking forward to that. Like I have that to look forward to, right? We still got the $1,000 guest bounty and we've got a few right now in the hopper. I'm waiting to interview and it should be a lot of fun. And, you know, I've had people reach out like, hey, what about this person? And at this point, I'm almost ready to take anybody just because what else are we going to talk about? You know, I mean, like, hey, my my cousin's just a really good joke teller and is uh, thinking about being a stand up comic. Can I enter enter him in your contest? I mean, like he's going to lose, but I'd almost like I'd almost take 10 minutes right now of listening to somebody tell bad jokes. Like I, I almost if this guy's got a tight if this guy's got a tight 10 that he's been working on, you know, we'll give him a forum here. You know, he'll, we'll give him a mic, but it's got to be a pretty tight amount of jokes here. We're not we're not. We're not open micing here. You know, none of that. <laughs> Look, I almost decided to have an episode where we just play every call that's ever come in to either the the voicemail line at 708-459-8406. That's around uh, 24-7 or through SocksInTheBasement.com where people click on the microphone and leave voicemails. I have at least a half hour worth of drunk dials. And I was like, we could just do a whole show <laughs> of bad drunken takes that were called in here. But then then here's what I thought. This is the problem. This is why I can't bring myself to do it, Ed. If you're calling me at your most inebriated, that means you like us. Like, like think about it. When you were in college and you drunk dialed, you generally drunk dialed that really cute girl that like, you know, or, or somebody in a relationship you wanted to get back together with or you wanted to meet up with that night. It was, it was people you like. You don't drunk dial people you don't like. So these are like our biggest fans at their worst moment. And I feel like if I put them on and I play these ridiculous messages where they can barely speak and they've decided they're calling the line, it might be funny. We might get giggles out of it. They may hate me forever. And that's why I can't bring myself to do it. I mean, I have it. I just don't know if I can do it. <laughs> so, so like, but I mean, if this right. lockout continues, yeah. if the lockout continues much further, it might happen. So watch when you call. Okay, that's all. I'm, I'm putting the warning out there right now. Watch when you call because I, I'm I'm thinking about it now. I'm at least considering it. We're not in a position here to 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 necessarily say that anybody's drunken takes are more or less more or less uh, you know valid than anything that we say when we're stone cold sober either. Because let's face it, there's there's been some moments for us where we've said some things and then people have been like, what is wrong with you? It's not as bad as like White Sox Twitter. That's turned into some kind of disaster. You know, I know not everybody listens to this show has a Twitter account. And if you don't have a Twitter account, don't get one. It's just it's not even the real world. It just makes you angry most of the time. And then you just regret. It's like one of those things you do it and then you feel regret afterwards for even doing it. OK, like if I didn't have the show, I wouldn't be on it. 
Right. On Monday, somebody questioned the the what Yohan Moncada was, putting blame on him for the 2021 season ending, in which immediately people became incensed and angry over the whole thing. And the, again, the Yohan Moncada debate, this is like what White Sox fans go back to when they're angry about something. I feel like if you go out anywhere and you start talking White Sox, at some point, the Yohan Moncada debate begins between Sox fans. And, and I think it's really simple to describe right now because we've gone through it on this show. He's a 4B war player, which means he's a good player who contributes to his team. Do we expect more? Yeah, I thought he was going to be like, you know, what I what I see Luis Robert becoming or what I think Eloy Jimenez is going to be this year when he gets a full season, right? Like I expected more from it. Would I just jettison him into the sun? No, I wouldn't do that. Do I think that he takes off at bats every once in a while in the middle of the season? Yes, I do. I've been there. I've watched it. It's sometimes I'm like, he don't even want to be there today. All right. So yeah, are there issues? Sure. There's issues. Do you have a better option right now? I don't think so. I mean, do you think that Jake Berger all of a sudden is going to just step on the field and be a seven war? I mean, he was a funny guy. He was on the show, but do you think they're going to get this massive change? If you move, if you, if you, if you jettison Yohan Moncada into the sun, like, do you, do you think you got a big difference? You know, you, that when you bring up Jake Berger? No, well, no, of course not. And and Yohan Moncada, the, the, I think I think you hit it on the head. It's the did you expect more from him? Y- yeah, you expected more from him because he was one of the top prospects in baseball at the time you traded for him, if not the top prospect in baseball. And that kind of talent you sort of expect to become a superstar, not merely very good or a star, which. That's what Mankata is. He's very good. He's a star, and maybe he's got another gear. Maybe he doesn't. If this is what he is, you're right. He's a solid contributor. If he's got that whatever it was that he had a couple years back, if he's got that again and can hit that again, then, yeah, then then he's a star player, and he's more like what we expected. Now, is he Louis Robert? No, because nobody's Louis Robert. But but it's it's just silly to sit, sit here and, and – Talk about Mankata in the extremes of he is either, in some people's view, the best player on the team, which somehow, he isn't. He's or not. he is a guy that is just absolutely drop him for, you know, as soon as you can. And that's crazy talk as well. Socks in the basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. All right, so speaking of fantasy baseball, like I brought up at the beginning of the show and my need to bring that back just as much as I need White Sox baseball back, I think we can kind of combine the two today. Uh, CBS Sports put out their top 150 players that you should snag in a dynasty league. 
And why I find this interesting, applying it to just being a regular White Sox fan and evaluating your team, is that a, a present value as to what this player is expected to be in 2022 is assigned on a scale of one to five. A future value, what his peak looks like and how much peak he has left. That's the other one that's scaled one through five. And then a confidence rating as to whether or not there is true belief. Like, would you put down everything you own on those two predictions, those first two, or are you not so sure? Five is the highest, one is the lowest on all three scales, okay? Present value for 2022, future value, and confidence rating in those first two values. So if you're on the 150, you're a star. Any The amount of White Sox players on the 150 is a solid number. I look at this list and think about three years ago, and I laugh because you couldn't find a White Sox player on there at all. <laughs> so I mean, like, no. I mean, maybe a Brayu. That, that was pretty much it. So, I mean, it's really fun to find out how many guys are on this list. I mean, 150, if you're getting a guy every 20, 20 guys on there, that means you've got a good amount of, of really high-end players or guys who are going to be high-end players in the coming years. So the first one we run into, let's see if you can guess him. He's on my fantasy baseball team. Again, four championships uh-huh. in five years. The only guy who got a championship in the middle of those of that incredible run is Ed here. He's on my fantasy baseball team. He ranks a five for 2022. That's the max. A five for the future. Confidence is only a three. I'm far more confident in this person. Who am I talking about? You're talking about Luis Robert, aren't that's, you? That's right. That's who I'm talking about. I'm five, five, five across the board. Like I'm all in. And if I look stupid later, feel free to to leave me drunken messages about how I was wrong about him. I'm a hundred percent in on him. And I'm not surprised by that ranking because of the fact he didn't get the full season last year. And I think that's why that's a three next year. That's five, 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 like Shohei Otani just announced he's going to be on the MLB, the show cover next year. I expect Luis Robert on there. Right, which, interestingly, on this list, Otani's only got a 3-2. But I'm looking at the guys that have five in terms of confidence, and you've got guys like Tatis, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna. These are guys that have kind of done it for a little bit longer than Robert, so I I agree with you. I think it's going to be fives across the board for him. The only thing that really undoes Robert is injury, right? That's the only thing that's going to stop him. He is not built like a guy that is going to, at some point, fail where there's a part in his game that, He's going to disappear for long periods of time. We saw that already in 2020 when he came up. He struggled a bit. Last year, we didn't really get a chance to see it all the way through because of the injury, but we never really saw the struggle. So this year, assuming he stays healthy, I think it's going to end any speculation about him in the future. And the fact that he's on your base, your fantasy baseball team, of course, has the rest of the league just sitting there going, yeah, 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 whatever. More talent for Chris. <laughs> All right, so here's two guys that are not on my fantasy baseball team. Um, one's a pitcher sitting at number 31, fours across the board. So not not maxed out for 2022 or even the future, but considered to be a high-end player, actually a pitcher with uh, a foreign confidence. And, and that makes sense because Lucas Giolito is, and I've said this before, a really high-end pitcher, but he has not broken into, in my mind, that elite ace area where like only certain teams have the elite ace. You know, only certain teams have that guy that when game one of a playoff series begins and you see his name on the mound, the other team is worried. He's not that, and I don't know if he's going to be that. He's an excellent pitcher. I, I We are lucky to have him on our team. I love his attitude. I love his ability out there, and maybe he will become that. 
So I get that rating across the board for him. Yeah, I, you know, Giolito is what he is at this point, which is a good thing, okay? Doesn't mean that he can't find something else potentially or figure out, you know, based on pitch usage or based on, uh, you know, location or, or refine what he can do a little bit more. Sure, there's always, he's 27. There's always a chance that as he's entering his prime over the next couple of years that he's going to find something else and become a next tier guy. But in reality, if Lucas Giolito just goes out and does what he has been doing, fours across the board, so to speak, if he just keeps doing that, that's great. That is, you know, to, to draw a comparison to the 2005 Sox, Giolito has the consistency of Mark Burley or Freddie Garcia, which is great. You need that. You absolutely need that. And on a lot of teams back in that era, Garcia and Burley would have been a number one had you not had Jose Contreras being otherworldly that year. Exactly. And that's what you're waiting for, the otherworldly guy. That's You need that guy, the otherworldly pitcher, I think, to win a World Series. I, I think he's a little bit further down on the list and also on your team, right? Yeah, I think so, too. I think he has a potential for it. Here, I don't want to get through everybody here, so let me just run through it. Uh, Aloy Jimenez uh, sits at 34 in the top 150 dynasty fantasy players going into this year. Uh, four, four, and a three confidence on those two numbers. So they they consider him, you know, the injury I think is why the confidence is a little bit down. Tim yeah. Anderson over the years continues to rise up fantasy charts. You know, the average is always high, but he doesn't produce uh, a lot in terms of slugging and driving in runs, and so it always hurts him a little bit when you compare him to other shortstops in fantasy baseball. But a four rating for 2022, they think he'll slide a little bit. He is 29 years old going into this year. To, so they have a three for the future and a three in terms of confidence. But I want to get down to the next two White Sox pitchers on this list because they're very close to each other in the rankings. One of them is sitting at number 98 out of 150, and the other guy is sitting at 111. Dylan Cease sits with a three in terms of what they think he is value-wise on a scale of five down to one for 2022. I think that's low. He sits at a five, like the belief that he could be that super ace down the line, but the confidence only sits at a one. Meanwhile, CBS ranks Kopech as a two so for 2022, so not expected to be you know, a superstar this year. He also gets a five rating for his future, and his confidence is a, just a tick higher than Cease at a two. So when I read this, I read it as Cease is better than Kopech this year, but they think or they're more confident that Kopech is the guy down the line who becomes the superstar ace. So before we move on to the next segment of this show, I would have to say, first of all, I disagree with that. And Michael Kopech's got a lot more to show to me before I'm going to put him ahead of what I think Dylan Cease is going to be, because I think Dylan Cease, and, and you can see it, in national publications now, and the way that people talk about him in the national media, people think this guy could be the ace of this White Sox staff sooner rather than later. I'm sure that the Kopech thing is still left over from what they thought he was going to be when he was a Red Sox prospect when he got traded. The two makes sense because he doesn't have a defined role this year, and from a fantasy production standpoint, maybe he doesn't start for the full year, maybe he doesn't put in enough innings. That whole thing, Cease is a full-time starter. He's penciled in. He's at least the number three on the team. But I have more confidence that Cease can figure it out at this point because he's had a couple of seasons under his belt to figure out how to become a major league pitcher. It's what I was talking about with Giolito. 
he can still refine things. His pitches, his pitch selection, his control, he can figure out how to how to use himself the best way. And I'm not saying Kopech can't, but Kopech still has to learn a third pitch. He's still got to learn how to get through a lineup more than just one or two innings at a time, which is all he's done in the majors and really all he's done in the minors for the past couple of years because of the injury. So I'm less sold on Kopech than I am on Cease by far. Yeah, I am too. I Right now, I... I feel like big things in a next step could be happening for Cease. And Michael Kopech, if he can just do uh, about the same amount of innings I got out of Carlos Rodon without a major injury and his arm is still live when he gets to the postseason, I'd be ecstatic. I, I would feel that way if he ends oh, up. 100%. <laughs> I would take that because we, we've got to add innings to that arm and we've got to get that guy used to being a starter again. All right, Double Play Saloon in Blue Island has a couple of big leagues that are kicking off here in February. First off, they have a Thursday night Plastic Handicap Dart League. That season starts on the 17th. It is 10 weeks long. Sign-ups coming up on the 3rd. So we're only a few days away from this. 7.30 to 9.30 at Double Play Saloon. Get out there. 13011 Western Avenue in Blue Island. Check out the newly remodeled private gaming area, $5 basket lunch specials, $13 Miller and Bud family buckets, temperature soup as it gets cold. And we're going to get some cold temperatures and some snow this week. But go out, sign up. If you have any questions, call or text Tommy for details. 773-574-0992. Their beanbag league also kicks off on February 27th. You can use that number to get more information on that as well. But it's a great bar, big, giant, long bar when you walk inside the place. Really feels like an, an old-time bar, but doesn't feel, like, dated, you know? Like, whenever somebody says old-time yeah. bar or classic yeah, yeah, bar, you're like, ah, where am I going into? The place is clean, nice. It's just, what it did is it just maintained that 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 feel of a classic bar when you walk in. And you can tell because when you walk in the place, the place is live. The, the the folks in Blue Island love the Double Play Saloon, and they've got dart stations all over the place. It's really a darts bar, and they add the bags in there as well. Check them out once again, 13011 Western Avenue in Blue Island. All right, so as we finish the show today, I had an idea for an exercise. I hope we're a little different. If you had to go to war in 2022 with players currently under contract for the Chicago White Sox, and nothing else was added. Let's go around the horn and fill in who's starting where on the team, who you think and who I think is starting. I mean, it's, some of this is really obvious. So to cut down the conversation a little bit, can we just assume you've got Grandala catcher, right? Yes, 100%. All right. And you got Anderson at short, Mankata at third, correct? Correct. Okay. And you're going to put Luis Robert in center field. Yes, he's in center field. Okay, and I I feel like Abreu is probably a solid. It's going in there, but let's let's start with him, okay? Just in case, uh, because you do have the the possibility of Andrew Vaughn, and I'm not putting in DH either. So kind of explain a little bit to me, but I would assume Jose Abreu first base. That's what I have as well. Yeah, Jose Abreu until uh, until he can't do it anymore. Right then and there, we've got pretty much every position filled in. So now let's fill in the rest of the positions. Who is starting at second base for you? If the season started today and you could only use players under contract, majors or minors, 40-man or non-40-man, who would you go to war with at second base right now? <sighs> it pains me to say it, but I, I'd have to start the season with Larry Garcia there. He's just he's, – he's the only bona fide major league option. You can't have – I don't think you can rely on Romy Gonzalez, and I don't think you can rely on Yolbert Sanchez – 
and I really don't think you can rely on Danny Mendick for anything. So it, that he's there, he's under contract. I, I think he's the starting second baseman. If you don't make another move, I, I want Jake Berger at second base. <laughs> can't help it i do too but i i, I do too I but honestly I, I he's gotta he's gotta show that he can actually play the position and, i know and, and i the video and and the interview notwithstanding i hope i hope he shows up to whatever spring training is i hope jake Berger shows up there and immediately starts turning to and is just covering the keystone like like it was he was bored to do it and we never have to hear larry garcia mentioned as a second baseman again unless he's in there as part of like a double switch or something like that. Well, listen, I, I'll take Larry Garcia as my super utility player as long as he's super utility in the infield because I never want to see what I saw in game three ever again. No, I never, never want to see him play defense out there ever again. And and, and I'm going to say we're assuming everybody's healthy on the roster as well as we go through this exercise. Of course, we, yeah, no injuries but, or anything. anything like that, you're yeah. right. I, I guess Garcia... I would have to say Garcia, without seeing anybody in spring training, he would have to be the second baseman. But, man, I would be wishing, wishing for what you said. Jake Berger comes out there, a lean, mean, second base, double play turning machine. You see him make a ridiculous play day one of uh, of spring training. He dives behind the bag at second base, catches it with his glove, backhand flips it from his stomach to Anderson, who throws out the guy at first. I mean, like, that's that's what I want. I'm not going to get it, but that's that's what I want. All right, so, so now let's let's get into right field first, okay? Because I feel like when we get to left and when we get to DH, it might become an interesting conversation. Right field, they don't go do anything. First of all, pitchforks, torches, burn the place to the ground, and and fire everybody. But if they don't do anything, what do you do? Adam Angle. Yeah, I'm in the same place. Man, I wish you would have picked something different so I could have made my Adam Angle case and told you you were wrong. Uh, all right, all right. Um, no, that's okay. No, no, no. Just, just, just for the him. sake of stick with just him. For that's the fine. sake of, of uh, just for the sake of being a contrarian. Fine, uh, Vaughn. <laughs> okay, well you're wrong. So that was a stupid pick. Ed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you can go back and listen to the last show. I think the point was made on this. I want Andrew Vaughn to get a bats every day. I do. And, and I like Gavin Sheets as a, as a left-handed hitter. And I think the White Sox have a real problem because those two, the, those two guys, coupled with Jimenez, in my mind, makes too much of a logjam. And that's why I wonder whether or not there's going to be some sort of a trade. And, and I don't think you're getting rid of Aloy Jimenez. I think I would lose my mind if you did that. But there's just not enough space right now. Now, on the other hand, the Dodgers always find a way to make this kind of stuff work. They have really talented guys and they've got more guys than they actually have positions on the field. And they do a very good job of like mixing and matching. And then these guys go out and become everyday players on other teams and they excel. So I, I, you know, I, I have no problem with if you can do it right, keeping all those guys around. But if you have a healthy Adam angle playing defense in right field, I believe I would take the defense in right field and the pop that he does show with his bat and say, you know what? We've got enough sluggers for the middle of the order. I want the speed, the defense, and what Adam Engel was showing me in 2019 and the shortened season of 2020. I want that in right field over anything else. Well, and to your point about rotating those guys in and out and around between DH, left field, first base, right field, I think with Sheets, there's going to be enough opportunity to give Aloy Jimenez a day off here and there that he may need, to give Jose Abreu some days off that he may need, to sit, you know, to sit Andrew Vaughn. I, let's not forget Andrew Vaughn's only 127 
games into his major league career, but really he's only 170, 180 games into his professional career. You're still going to have some right-handers, and you're still going to have some pitchers that you're not going to want to put Andrew Vaughn up against just yet. He's got to earn that right still, and he's got to he's got to put it together still. But I think you're going to have opportunities to work Sheets, Vaughn, Aloy, even Engel to a certain degree. You know, to give him some time off, to give Luis Robert a little bit of a rest here and there, some days off. I think you're gonna you can have a rotation there in the outfield, DH, and first base that. You can use all those guys at, like you said, if Tony's smart about it, he, but he's got to be really smart about it. He can't fall in love with any one or two guys. Well, that's if Rick Hahn tells Tony at the beginning of the season, you are never allowed to put Leary Garcia in the outfield. Like if he, if he says you are never allowed to put Leary Garcia in the outfield, if you need to rest somebody, these are the pool of players I want to see in the outfield. He's an infield replacement. And he doesn't need to play every day. Then that, that that's fine. But the problem is with that rotation. Watch Tony throw Leary out in the outfield two days a week, and that screws up that entire rotation. That's what that's one of my bigger concerns for the year. I don't hate Leary Garcia. I see a value in Leary Garcia. I just don't see a value in Leary Garcia the way that Tony Larusa sees a, a value in in Leary Garcia. And I think it's been proven over the last year watching him, you know, do good things and then be the cause of some bad things as well. And it wasn't game three, it was game two. Game three is when he did the good thing with the home run. Game two is when he was out in right right field and he looked like me if I were playing right field. It would look just like that, folks. At at 44 years old, about to turn 45, that would have been me in right field in that moment. Okay, If you wouldn't put me out there, you shouldn't put him out there either. In fact, Chris got so turned around in the outfield there that he forgot how what number comes after 44. Right, right. That's me out there playing 16-inch softball. The only difference is I would have blown out my knee when I fell down after that thing went over my head. No, it would have been your Achilles. Is Aloy Jimenez then your left fielder and then you pick a DH? Give me your left field DH right now. Finish it off with that. Yeah, Aloy is my starter in left field, and... I... Now, look, he's got to play it safer, but he's the starter out there. He doesn't want to be a DH. I don't want to mess with him. He's fine, and it's not like Vaughn or Sheets are going to be that much better defensively than than Aloy is out there. They're just not going to they're not going to hurt themselves the way he has. But if he learns now not to hurt himself, it's fine. He's he's the starter and left. Who's your DH? It's Vaughn right now. I I I love Gavin Sheets as a left-handed thumper, but I just I, I'm. I'm worried that there is something of a small sample size thing going on with him. And I want to see that he can do it consistently and not just, he comes up in big moments, but I think it's Vaughn for right now. He's got the pedigree. He's the plan for the future, but it, it's a tentative grasp on it for me, for Vaughn. I, I, I very easily could see Andrew Vaughn needing some more time, you know, to go back to the minors and figure some stuff out. If he doesn't, if he doesn't come out hitting this year. Yeah, that's a possibility. You're right. I, I think you could see a, you could see a scenario where he ends up back down in the minors and then comes back up again. You know, we talked about Gordon Beckham just on the last show and how he was brought up way too soon. We we benefited from what Andrew Vaughn was able to give us last year, but that was not, I mean, that didn't even compare to Gordon Beckham's first year ever in the majors. And, and like he had all that hype. I, I, I wouldn't be totally opposed if all of a sudden they said, look, this kid needs to work some stuff out, and now we can afford to let him work it out because of the guys that we have on the team. I would totally and completely understand that I don't think it would ruin him for the future if he spent some time down in AAA if they believe that it would actually help him but you're I'm, I'm in the same boat as you with those positions and the reason that I put Aloy Jimenez back out in the outfield as much as I've made fun of the fact that I never want to see him out there again he's a better hitter when he's in the game it's clear Frank Thomas used to struggle when he first went to DH 
He he hated it. A lot of guys go to DH and they're just miserable when they go out go there. They're not in the flow of the game. Canerico used to complain about it when he had to be a DH. You know, guys who are in the game, they're they're more focused, and then they seem to it seems to translate to to the plate. And I again, this goes back to why I think that certain guys who played DH their entire career and were good hitters. You, you can't poo-poo that as, oh, well, they only played half a game. They never had to play the field. There's an awful lot of guys, the moment you take them out of the flow of the game, can't go up there and hit. Can't take a couple innings off and then just show up there cold and, and swing a bat. It's a skill to be a DH. I don't know if I like Aloya Menezes, the results he would have at the plate as a DH, as much as I would like to see uh, what he looks like when he's in the field. Him in the field, I think, is a better better offensive player. And, and I would hope that he's learned his lesson. He's way too young to say, don't put him out in the field anymore. Last year, sure. Last year, I was like, we don't want any more injuries. You know, I was nervous about him being out there last year, Ed. I mean, he wasn't completely healed. His his average showed that. His power numbers show that. He was not completely healed. A completely healed Aloy with a lesson learned, I would stick him out in left field. Yeah, again, when he came back last year, I felt like it was just injury prevention for him out in left field, and I'm fine with that. Just just don't do anything. Don't do try and do anything spectacular, buddy. Just go out there, make the routine plays, and leave the spectacular to the guy that's on your left. Yeah, that guy's going to cover everything. Just stand there and look pretty. Big smile, unbutton the shirt, you know, let the chains flow, you know, laugh and wave to the crowd, catch the easy ones. That's, that's what I want from you. Just a big, happy Aloy Jimenez out there who's going to hit 40 bombs this year. Just give me that. That's all I want from you. All right? And I want Jake Berger doing handstands at second base while turning turning double plays. Please. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.